go. Uh, there we go. I think we got it. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm recording. Looking good. Okay, good. Groovy. So you get anything good done yesterday? Last two days? I'm making a shelter for my firewood out by the fire pit. Because I have all this firewood, and I, I was splitting logs with the log splitter the other day. I usually, I've kept it under a tarp there, and I don't like the way it looks. So went and uh, built it. It looks very um, Asian. It's Asian oh, style, cool. yeah. So I'm still, I, I've got the, the basic bones of it, and I just got to do the fine work. The detail. It's where the devil's Yeah. Are. Where'd you, um, did you just find something? For inspiration online, like a picture or something? Uh, I was looking at pictures. I've got a couple books on Asian Asian architecture and Asian style. And uh, so I've always, you know, looked through that and kind of just wing it from there. So it's yeah, big. It's big. I, I didn't realize how big it is. It's really, you know, thankfully the, you know, the woods are filling in right now with all the leaves. So you really can't see as much, for, you know, from the road. Pretty soon you won't be able to see the road at all. But the... Uh, the thing is big. It's eight feet tall. Damn. <laughs> you know, and it's you got all, some uh, firewood. <laughs> it's made out of, you know, big old four by fours and two by tens and things like that that I used to beast. Uh, bandsaw and shaped it up a little bit. So still working on it, though. It's coming. Had to take a break today because it's raining. Yeah, yeah. Same with me with that little drainage. Yeah, nice work, with. man. I saw that. Uh, definitely a future there. Fucking yeah, it was it was fun, but you know it's crazy. Um, interesting topic actually, kind of leading into where we're going today. Yeah, but you know, so the other day I go for a walk, right? Yeah, I just try to stay. I'm trying to stay uh, active, rehabbing this knee, get some exercise. Oh yeah, you have to, man. Otherwise, you'll just you know. I mean, this is the so life. Of, a, isn't it the, this the life of like you know? If you didn't have a job, need a job, of course, the difference being is you're not allowed to do anything now. But like if you didn't right, have exactly. a job and didn't need a job and you'd just be, you know, I'd be living by the beach somewhere where I can go diving all the time. Yeah, it would be really nice. Yeah. It, it's it's great having the time to, to get into these projects that yeah. you just keep putting well, off, you know. But I was, you know, I, t- I took this like long, like five mile, like fast, brisk walk. I just spilled my coffee on my keyboard, on my desktop. <laughs> it's waterproof, but I don't know if it's coffee-proof. <laughs> take, a, take a moment and yeah. you dry it up? Yeah, yeah. Go yeah, dry it up. Hang tight for a minute. Dole! The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando.
I can hear you now. Thankfully, I, I'm a black coffee drinker, so. Yeah, nothing too sticky. No, exactly. Plus, my keyboard needed a little dusting in between the keys anyway, so it's kind of good. It was due, it's due time. Pretty good deal that I did that. I meant to do that. I did mean to do that, exactly. Anyways, I'll go, I'll go back to the yeah. story to kind yeah. of lead into the longest, the longest three minutes of your life. So the other day, I, you know, went for a nice long walk, like, four or five mile walk trying to get a little bit of exercise and then this time off and uh, rehab this knee a little bit more you know kind of get that thing moving and so you know took a nice fast brisk walk tried to try to keep that uh you know try to get the heart rate up a bit yeah and by the by the end of the the five miles you know i was i was feeling good little 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 sweat going you know feeling pretty good about it cool And I started this backyard project of digging up digging up my backyard to lay this drainage piping coming out of these gutters. And dude, as as I was digging through that dirt and all these rocks that were in there, I started pouring sweat, like <laughs> huffing and puffing like I, I just like ran a marathon. And I'm like, my God, this is going to take forever. I've been, already been doing this for like... 15 minutes and I'm dying. I've gotten nowhere. And then I realized the same song was still on. <laughs> and it, <laughs> You'd only been hadn't even, three minutes. Hadn't even, been, hadn't even been three minutes, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a long job. Dude, yeah. Landscaping, uh, manual landscaping is, is backbreaking. It's a. Uh... I mean, it's good for the soul, but it's oh, uh, it is. Oh, yeah, it's 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 rewarding at the end, no yeah, doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, because you definitely uh, you definitely got your days working. Oh yeah, yeah, and this is a good time for it. I mean, it's thank God they uh, opened back the you know opened back up the uh, nurseries and uh, right, landscaping exactly. places because yeah. yeah, I stopped at uh, the rock shop out here. I don't know if you've ever been there. It was packed. Yeah, yeah. Some cool stuff, though. Did you stay socially distant from everyone? Oh, yeah. I hate people anyway. I was social distancing a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, this is this is nothing. This is just like, hey, act natural for for me. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we went, I took Elena, and we went and looked at some, uh, going to put some stone steps into stuff. Got this cool green, It's I think it's jade. It says jade there. Uh, stepping, you know, it's big stone. It's huge. So gonna, yeah, I think that Ooh, would yeah. look cool there. Pretty. But anyway. Yeah, that look that yeah, look really yeah. good at your place. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Jade. big plants. You know, putting a little uh, flagstone patio in and right around the uh, fire pit. And, but yeah, I was out at the fire the other night. It's perfect nights for the fire lately. I don't know if you've been. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's perfect. Perfect. So yeah, you got that, you got that so, going. And so how long did that? I saw the pictures about how long of uh, of a day was that, or was that two days? Two days work. Yeah, I started it, started digging it, trying to clean it up a little bit, and then really started laying that stuff all that, that drainage, uh, French yeah. drainage pipe, like uh, all yeah, day that, long. Because I had to get under these big. I saw that. Roots. I called up my buddy. He's got a tree service. And I said, "Hey, 
can I just sauce it's all like, these no, things? Kill it. <laughs> or is that going to kill my kill the tree? He's like, ah, those are pretty big, man. You that might do some damage to the tree. Yeah, smart. So then I then I thought, all right, I'm gonna have to try to get underneath yeah. these things. Yeah, that's tough, tough work. But uh, so I I got to thinking here uh, this morning when I was looking at this story that we're looking at today. Yeah. About how three minutes can seem like an eternity <laughs> when uh, when shit's not going Agreed. right. You know. Agreed, one thousand percent. Yeah. This story that we're about to do on the Great Dive Podcast, everybody. Welcome to the Great Dive Podcast, your happy show of happy scuba divers stuck in quarantine and wishing they were underwater. Happy socially distant scuba divers. And yeah, this is the second week in a row that Brando and I are recording at two different studios, not not doing the Skype recording where we're you know, watching each other, it's like we're sitting in the same room, but we're uh, independently recording on separate tracks, trying to give you guys a a better sound to the show. So we hope you're thankful for yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I think we're going to end up doing this permanently. And, I mean, we can probably sell the building that we've been with the studio in it. That we've been using. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody, like everybody else is going to yeah. sell their commercial real estate off. Yeah, exactly. There's well, no it's going to be it cheap. I, I tell you that not having to do that rush hour drive, yeah, of, of trying to to fight traffic to you know to drive an hour to yeah, get over know, to your man. place, and then rush to get yeah. to work. This is fantastic. It's easy. I mean, it's easy. You just you know grab your coffee. You're in your own domicile. You're in your own environment, so it feels a little more. Yeah, it's easy. It's nice. Easy is nice. But yeah, just like. Uh, me thinking that two and a half, three minutes of of digging up these rocks at full pace <laughs> was 15, 20 minutes of laborious work. You know, you could, you could, you, you see people where when they run into a problem underwater, they get a little panicky. And within seconds, they're going to the surface. Right before they've even really tried to put together a train of thought. Once that panic hits in, it's bolt and go. Agreed. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you can see the look in their eyes, and sometimes it takes a few more minutes for it to start. But yeah, uh, when that instinctive reaction is to get to air, you might have a problem. But it seems in their mind like they've tried. They've exhausted all of their resources to to cope with the the problem and decided the air at the surface is where i want to be right despite all the physics associated with getting there that fast yeah you gotta you gotta think you gotta keep calm uh i know we say it it's it's harder to do i look at and it's funny kind of bring this up but i look at uh kind of what's going on in the in the world slash the country here mostly there's so much fear people are panicking you you look at people driving around with masks in their car and they don't know what the hell they're walking around their house with the masks on their a husband and wife are walking in their in the house they walk normally outside they're six feet apart with you know masks on walking down the street i'm watching this i'm like what but it, it just shows you, you know, they're in fear mode and they're not thinking. There's no thought at all, no rational thinking going on there. 
Yeah, yeah, they're just reacting. And and they'll look back on this fear panic mode thing and it'll seem like it lasted years. <laughs> really, it was only it was that's, only nine that's months. How, that's how long it's been. That's how, that's how long it's been, hasn't it? <laughs> really, it's only going to be nine months or so. So we have a story about cold water, seeing as we're getting, hopefully, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers, hoping that we're going to be getting into some cold water here pretty soon. <laughs> finally, finally back into some regular diving. We have some regulator confusion. And a little bit of a little dash of inexperience in this uh, diving, uh, this quiche we're putting together today. This is panic, this, panic uh, quiche. Uh, it's the conundrum quiche. Nice conundrum quiche. So, yeah, cold water, regulator confusion, and inexperience conspire to induce diver panic. It's one of those I learned about diving from that article. Uh, yep, exactly, from, uh, from 1995. So just, just yesterday. So, like, when I was your age, James. <laughs> 95. Um, yeah. That was a yeah. lifetime ago, literally. Yep. But at the same time, you think to like the to the '90s, just being in a way, it's like it was just yesterday. But in really, it was like a literally a lifetime ago, twenty five years oh, ago. Oh yeah, I I don't know the, the this this from like two thousand to twenty twenty seems like a year. It, it doesn't, and I don't know if it's just me because I'm getting older, and you know, like like the old saying goes. The closer you get to the end of that toilet paper roll, it goes faster and faster. Uh, that's where I'm at, I think. I mean, I know there's people who are much further along the toilet paper roll than I am, but uh, I look back, I'm like, 20, 2000 to now went like, bam. Like, bam, yeah. And we talked a little bit last week about being in that flow state and losing track Maybe of time. But this is kind of the opposite of that, of uh, of the losing track of time, but definitely not being in the flow or you're in a, uh, an uncontrollable flow of chaos underwater. Yeah. In situation, yeah. Right? What would the opposite of flow be? What would, what would we call that? I don't know. Uh, it would be a, a dam. dam. Stoppage. <laughs> yeah. So in our in our little story today, we have a couple characters. We've got a husband and wife couple of Ed and Ed Vanessa. And Vanessa, are those their real names? The names may or may not have been changed due to protect the innocent. Yes. <laughs> and there's also a Dudley in here. And now I know it's all made up. So, I'd had my C card for about three weeks, and my dry suit for two. The trip out of Depot Bay was my first chance to use them. My husband, Ed, who has been diving since he was old enough to carry his own gear, and his buddy Dudley had planned an offshore two-tank trip. Ed and Dudley, offshore two-tank trip. Did they say where they're at? Obviously, it's cold water. Oh, Depo you Depo did. I'm sorry. Bay. Where, which is where? Pacific oh, Northwest, okay, so up in what Oregon. What they call cold water diving, which to us is is like not a bad day. 
I was going to say 55, 60. I'll take it. I know it can get colder, but it's in the 50s usually there. Uh, yeah, the weather's usually that. No, I mean yeah. the water. Water temperature isn't in the 40s. You got that that uh, that Pacific Current there. That's what that's what keeps it all so nice. Why you? Yeah, you know that. Yeah, the um, the coldest it gets is in November. The water. Fifty degrees. Yeah, that's Fahrenheit. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Average temperature is, um, you know, 54 degrees. So typical West Coast cold water. Not like Great Lakes cold no. water. Where you love to finally hit that 54 degrees. I was going to say, if we get 50 degrees, we're dancing. So they're doing some shore dives up in the Depot Bay, which can be pretty cool, like... Uh, area as far as marine life goes it's the whale watching capital of the oregon coast oh cool so husband gets his wife certified they're up in uh cold water area so it gets her into a dry suit and uh, let's go do a couple of shore dives at one of our you know local hot spots being out on that coast of having you know that saltwater marine life some pretty cool little dives to get out and do the first dive went well we decided to leave the anchor buoyed on the site take the boat back into the harbor to change tanks and then come back to do a drift dive the current had picked up when we got back to the anchor and i had to fight to get down the line I burned a lot of air and was pretty well beat. So we rested for a minute and then raised the anchor with the lift bag. The surface current carried the boat, which pulled us along in the water like super people. I was watching my air gauge as well as the scenery and showed it to my husband when it got down to about 1,000 PSI. So she says, Ed saw my gauge, flashed me an okay, and handed me my alternate air source. Now, I wondered. Yes, now, he nodded. What? Okay, I thought, no problem. After all, I did this in class. I removed my primary, inserted the alternate regulator, cleared, and breathed salt water. Is it, is it, well, I'm trying to figure out, the alternate air source, is it a completely separate air source? Is that what they're doing? What are you picturing here, James? Uh, it sounds it sounds to me like he's got her switching over to her octo, which I don't fully understand. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get. Is it a pony bottle or but, a stage model? Or, but well, but later, so but later on, she's gonna try to switch over to a pony bottle. So, hmm. um, I think he's confusing giving her an octo instead of a, okay. a pony here. Okay, hang on one second. Let's um, clarify. So. She says, Ed saw my gauge when he flashed for that 1,000 PSI. He flashed me an okay and handed me my alternate air source. Now, I wondered. Yes, now, he nodded. Okay, I thought, no problem. After all, 
I did this in class. I removed my primary, inserted the alternate regulator, cleared, and breathed salt water. Okay, here you now you can pretend to breathe salt water. (laughs) Damn it, Ed! I know I shouldn't have done this now. Okay. Vanessa. <laughs> no, no. Vanessa's okay, mine. I'll be Dudley. I want to be Dudley. <laughs> I tried it again and got a little tense. I didn't have enough air left in my lungs, and my mouth was full of Pacific Ocean. I still couldn't clear the regulator, and it wouldn't stay in my mouth. By then, I was well on my way to full-blown panic. Part of my brain was telling me, find the purge. You can do this. No problem. The rest of my brain was screaming, I'm breathing salt water. I'm going to drown. I can't clear it. Interesting. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Do you think she uses that voice in her brain, too? I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You ever... um, you ever read emails from people and you read them in their voices? Um, no, no. Actually, when I think to myself, like I don't even hear my voice. I don't think in my voice. I don't know what it is that I do, but there's no voice attached with it. I got a, I got a buddy from Wales. Every, every time he sends me a text message, I always read the message well, in his accent. If it's, if it's got an accent, I might have to put the accent on it. Yes. <laughs> Hello, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this mental debate she's having right now. So she's arguing with herself right here underwater. Right, which... While you may win the argument, you're also going to lose the argument. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like all arguments. It's kind of well, like any and, argument uh, with a husband and wife. Although you might you win it, you're also it. going right. to lose well, that's, it. Right? That's ultimately that's the men's side of the argument in any couple, in any married couple. You may win it, but you lost it. You lost it as well. So. And, you know, and the flip side of that, you know, to, to, to always come out a winner, sometimes you might have to lose to the win. argument in order exactly. to win it. You got to win the war. It's, it's kind of better lose to do. Lose the battle, right? win yeah, the yeah. war, baby. Uh, you you got to figure out which hills you want to die on in a marriage. That's marriage wisdom right there. Which hills? I, so I said this to my wife yesterday. We were talking, and again, she's very adamant about something. And I was like, I, it was something in the, you know, the landscaping around the house. And I was like, I wanted to do one thing. She wanted to do another. I said, ultimately, I don't care. We can do whatever. I'm not willing to die on this hill. And she didn't know what I was talking about, I said. <laughs> so I explained it to her. But we're still married. We're still oh, married. I'm sure you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Here's a notebook. We have a quiz on this tomorrow. Yeah. So it's uh, sometimes you got to sun zoo them a little bit in your in, in the That's relationship. That's exactly right. Sun zoo. The art of war is uh, it's yeah. always good to go back to. It not only applies. Basically, though, though, isn't that what marriage is? It's kind of a war 
to war. Yes, <laughs> it, it is a bit. And and uh, diving can be a bit of a war, too. Oh, hell yeah. And especially, like, she's in battle in battle with herself right now. She might be crazy, but, yeah, she's – she <laughs> take, that's, that's, take your medication. She says, when I hadn't started breathing on my own by the second attempt, Ed realized something was wrong. He took my primary regulator, purged it, and handed it to me. I took great, terrified gulps of water and air, losing the regulator with every exhalation and having to find it again. My lips and teeth were cold from the Oregon waters, and I couldn't feel the mouthpiece. Ed purged it and handed it back. I finally got it in place, drawing on it hard and desperately. Well, this is where Ed is now like freaking out like, holy shit, what is she doing? Just put it in your mouth and breathe. What are you doing? That's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, it's got to be what he's thinking. Like, come on. I've seen you do this. I've seen you do this a hundred times. A hundred thousand well, times. Well, probably not. A, well, here's the deal. It's probably not a hundred times. It's probably I'm talking part about of the, something else. Oh. <laughs> okay, I go back to my previous statement. So it's probably not a hundred times. Well, after they're, they're married, married yes, they're married a hundred times. After they're married, it's you know, got to keep it PG rated. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit of him being a little bit of a. Um, overbearing husband in a little way right like kind of kind of like helping her out i don't know is this a a question this could be just hindsight talk but could this be an issue of the reason she reacted the way she did was because she the learning process was made so easy that she she hasn't developed the, the experience enough to realize there's an issue stop stay calm and get my other working regulator that it's turned into panic and he's got to be there to kind of babysitter along the way of something as basic as a regulator recovery, which is day one. Well, not even skill. recovery there. To me, it's just clearing it. Just clear the rag. You put it in your mouth and clear it. Hit the purge button or whatever. Uh, I mean, this is something as an instructor you run into when you teach couples. You might have. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly where yeah, I'm going. You, you look out for that uh, one member of the couple is kind of overbearing. And of course, they, they're doing that out of care and love and protection. Yeah, uh, no doubt about not it. Yeah. Letting the person learn. Correct. Yeah, that's where we, I'm going. I have this issue with my, my wife raising the kids kind of thing. It's like, I'm about go out there, make some mistakes. Do it yourself at least once, you know. I don't I don't tell them here's a chainsaw, go take a tree down. You've got ten <laughs> fingers. You got two legs and two arms. <laughs> you'll be you'll be you'll be fine with eight. You can do anything you want with eight. You know, they'll make mistakes. Uh you're there to let them make mistakes. That's the thing is you want them to make mistakes because that's how you learn. But you gotta you gotta let go a little bit and you can't be doing everything for them because ultimately you run into situations like this where they weren't allowed to to feel the panic in class. So now they're going to feel it in real life. Correct, which is the wrong place to feel this first. You want to be to the point where you're comfortable with yourself in the water, being that we are underwater. You have to realize when all goes bad, you're still yes. underwater. 
So you have to learn to think through and solve these problems as bad as they may be, knowing that you have to stay underwater and finish the yeah. ascent before you get to the surface. You know, I think back in the training I've been through, and do you remember when uh, the training really started to change from militaristic to this, hey, kumbaya, we're all in this together? It's, it's, uh, this is the easiest, it's the easiest thing in the world. Anybody, everybody can dive. Anybody can do this. The equipment is so high tech and so wonderful. It'll do everything right. for you. But you look back and when it was more militaristic, you were, you were put through a real training regimen where things went wrong and they were trying to make you push you to that point where you see, okay, no matter what happens, I can kind of get out of it. I'm, I've got the confidence. That's what that was all about is I've got the confidence. And because the skills aren't that difficult, are they? Pushing a button on the front of the second stage? It's not hard. Got to keep your, your brain about you, though. Well, that's the was the change, right? It, it went from being very militaristic in the diving education, which was keeping people from getting into the sport. There was kept them from getting certified. So when they started to ease up the restrictions because everybody was you know people from the training agencies were like hey man people don't want to be military divers they just want to go down and look at some pretty fish in 40 feet of water you know on the on their trip down to the caribbean why are why are we making everybody a military diver it's stupid it's it's hurting the the business it's hurting the industry it's it's preventing people from coming in and buying gear so it that's where that thought was back in the the 80s into the 90s. My argument to that is, A, it's a philistical argument. We're not making them military divers. You're not even coming close to a military diver. We're just giving you some confidence. Those little things that they were doing, you know, yanking the rag out of the mouth, pulling the mask off, that's real. You know, coming at them with a dive knife and cutting their air hose, depending on who you dive with, that's real too. But in reality, that that wasn't being done in the classes. But pulling a mask off is real. And doing it under the supervision of an instructor, a trained instructor, well, that can be very confidence building in, in, a, in a high learning experience versus I'm going to show you how to clear a mask, take off your mask. Pretty soon they're going to say, don't even take your mask off. Just just put a little water in it. We don't want to get you freaked out. But that's not how it happens in real life, is it? No. So if you're yeah, keep yeah, your mask you, off so, before I do it. Well, that's how like you and I evolved in the early two thousands to the type of training that we do now is we realized that we were really setting our students up for a rude awakening. And for real life, yeah. If, if if you if you just let them go with that kumbaya attitude of everything's happy and wonderful and peaceful and your computer's going to take you home and nothing will ever happen with your regulator because you bought the good one. You don't need training for that. That's easy. Exactly right. I don't need somebody to teach me how to just float along down down the current in the water. I need someone to teach me how to handle problems. Correct. I, and I would agree with you there. Right. So it's a, it's a fine line between, you know, growing the industry and, and trying to keep people coming in. And I always go back to, I've got no issue with that happy, rosy, follow the dive master, hold the dive master's hand training if you let the student know that that's what they're receiving and they don't go out on their own to do uh, 
a, sh- a shore dive like this and rough, heavy currents where they're by themselves with training that was meant for following the dive master in 40 feet in Grand Cayman. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the problem with that is you're relying on them, A, to, to follow the directions you're giving them, meaning they always have to dive under the supervision of a trained dive master slash instructor and stay 30 feet or shallower, you know, eventually they're going to, they're going to do it a dozen times and the confidence gets built up and they're like, I'm cool. This is easy because nothing happened. And right there they go. Start, you know, like what you have now, which is you're certified. They do a, a half dozen dives. I can go on the advanced dive. I'm cool down. It's easy. What's different at a hundred feet. I've already been there. I've already been there. The dive master took us down to 110 on our fourth dive. Right, right. Well, it's cool until something happens, and then your handling of it is the decision maker. The, the other side of this, James, though, is they do handle it. Say they do make it through and they live. And they're like, well, that's my new bar. That's my new depth limit because I just showed that I could live through any emergency down there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the frightening part. Yeah. Well, Ed looked at her gauge. Purging had released just about all of the air left in my main tank. We had to start for the surface, and I had to use my pony bottle. So you said you wanted to be Dudley. Oh, here we go. Hello, Earlier. Dudley's the name. A spell of tea. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. So Dudley's going to come in to the situation on this next sentence. At this point, I had maybe half a dozen brain cells capable of coherent thought. That's like a typical Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I operate on a daily basis. We still, we still, we we still make it back home. That's a typical. The rest were fried with terror. Is that what they're calling fried it nowadays? Fried with terror. I'll have a plate of brain cells fried in a terror, please. A ter- in a terror, a terror flambe. flambe. I love it. I knew I was going to die, and there wasn't a thing I could do but go to the surface fast. Because I would rather die there. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that's that's the the point of like what we were just saying. Right, no matter what happens underwater, you still have to slowly release the ambient pressure from around your body. No matter how bad the situation is, shooting to the surface is not going to make it better. You've just traded off one emergency for another and i don't know that this other one is a better choice when you hear this stuff and and how many stories we hear and we read of people that bolt to the surface there's a part of me that believes that the go to the surface thing is very prevalent and it's still there i get that as nature that you know it's natural the air is up there so that's where i'm going to go correct i get it too the thing was it wasn't trained out of them in their training and it was actually given to them as their rescue by the lawyers who said, go to the surface, dump and go, blow off your weights, look up and exhale and get out of here. Uh, so that's in their head. That's from training. So they are, in a way, falling back on their training. 
And that's a, a contention. I mean, personally, I'm not going to say I'm a, you know, a genius scuba educator, but when you put it in your training that, hey, if all hell breaks loose, I can bolt to the surface. Pretty soon they skip all the middle part because they can't remember it and they just go, hey, I can bolt to the surface. And there you go. So it is part of their training, really. Ed handed no the comment, open really? line. <laughs> oh, okay, well, uh, no, we can go. We can no, go I was going to say, do you, do you see where I'm coming from? Like they do get that put in their heads in basic open water. You can go to the surface. Well, yeah, let's look at classically for uh, – and I'm going to take out the last five years from 2015 today yeah. for a moment because – they have been making a lot of the big agencies have finally started to come around and trying to make a little bit of a change with including a little chapter on situational awareness in the books nowadays because that's the a big buzzword. Um, but for years, like you would spend multiple nights in a class perfecting the emergency swimming ascents, but you would you would never spend any time at all working on gas planning. And, and buddy teammate awareness and positioning in the water and organizing and fulfilling a, a full plan. Yeah, so they would sit there and they would tell you, yes, we use the buddy system. You got to dive in the buddy system. But the loophole is you can always bail out on your own and shoot to the surface if things get too, too much for you. And in my opinion, and I agree with what you're saying, is that's wrong. It's the, the, the team that started the dive – knowing that each one of them is carrying the resources for the other needs to always be present. There, there's never an option for splitting up and completely just losing all awareness of where anybody else is in the water and then continuing on a dive, hoping that nothing's going to go wrong. Now, then I come back to, so in the last five years, you're getting these agencies <clears> – <throat> starting to put a little bit more of a smarter gas plan in, although it's still not fully end-based with rock bottom like, like we think through. But at least they're trying to do a little bit more of a gas management plan. But they do still have that loophole of, shit, it's the fan. And that's what I'm surface. getting at. That is exactly what I'm getting at. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a, they're, they're, they don't have a gas plan. They lose the partners. They, their mask gets kicked off. They can't clear the reg, as in this case, perceived out of gas. Right. They always have just blow and go. Just get out of here. They have that. Instead of training them, you can't do that. That mentality is a lawyer's mentality. We taught them to go to the – so when they're drowned, we can say – we taught them that they could always just go to the surface. Well, the problem with that, again, is they skip all the things in the middle because the quality of training, the quality of that course is just not very high. So they immediately go in panic mode. Forget all the things you learned because they weren't really taught to you that well. How well can anything be taught that has to become instinctive in six sessions? And that's on a long course, right? That's on a long course, yeah. Typically, typically it's two days if you're lucky anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And and so the thing is, like where I was going to earlier, was this is the this is the handheld dive master level training, right? That's what that's really what this is set up for, right? 
So the problem is what you were saying earlier is people get the confidence because nothing has gone wrong on these dives and they push beyond their limits and their abilities, right? This blow and go mentality is great if you're doing a 30-foot reef dive. You're so far inside of NDL limits. Sure, you could go. But the problem is when you take this down on a 100 feet of water, cold water, you know, dives, it's, it's not a linear translation anymore. And, and the problem is they're, they're taking that early elementary level and they're taking it into an area that's beyond, which you know you're going to go to eventually anyways. So like our philosophy is, well, let's start with that. It's got to work when I'm doing the 100-foot dive or greater. And then I'm going to backtrack it so that you can use the same principle on a 30-foot dive. Everybody else classically for the longest time uses the, this is all you need to know to dive 30 feet. If you get to 100 feet or greater, we'll, we'll teach you that stuff. We'll sell you that gear when you get there. But, but so many people don't do it. They just go there on their own. And they're, and they're yeah, not set the up. shops, dive masters in the Caribbean, in any tropical locale, they know where the good dives are. They're not, you know, there's beautiful dives at 20, 30 foot, but a lot of those coral reefs and whatnot get destroyed because of weather action. It's not deep enough to protect it. So you're taking them down to 100 foot because it's beautiful, clear water. It's warm. Look, you can see the boat from here, but it's deceptive. Yes. And, and they know that's where, that's where the tips are. Right. If you keep them on the shallow, beat up, boring reef every single day because that's all they really have the technique and experience to dive, you're never going to get a tip. So you kind of get forced into it on the on that dive master end. I get it. That's where that's where we come in. And so does Dudley. Hello, mate. Dudley's the name. Taking care of your wife. That's me game, boys. Hey, mate. <laughs> and a small team. Ed handed the anchor line to Dudley. And started ascending with me. About halfway up, he looked at my pressure gauge and saw my main tank was empty. He purged my alternate air source and put its regulator between my teeth. I tried to get under control, started breathing, flashed him an okay, and lost the regulator from my numb lips. He stuffed it back in my mouth and signaled me to hold on to it with my hand. What are they talking about here? Vanessa says, after he signaled for her to hold it in my hand, she says, I didn't let go. Neither did I slow down. <laughs> now, if we leave the sexual innuendos alone for a moment, she says, back to what we were just talking about, I was, by heaven, going to get to the surface just as fast as I could before I died. And then I will die. And then, I will die when I'm damn well ready up at the surface, Edward. I checked my computer long enough to see the slow icon flashing. My remaining brain cells were telling me to take it easy. I wouldn't die if I just slowed down. But the only things on my mind were gulping air and getting to the surface. Ed managed to control my ascent until the last 15 feet when the residual air in my dry suit in BC shot me up like a rocket. So this is the thing, right? She has gas. Right. Right. Not a lot, but she has some gas. Ed's got gas. Dudley's, Dudley's got, got gas. Bit of gas. I got something for you to put in your mouth, my lady. Now Dudley's a wee little diddly diddly Irish boy. 
I'm right here, Vanessa. I'm right here, Vanessa. I've always been here for you, my little lady. Dudley Scottish. Vanessa, baby. Vanessa, baby. I'm right here, baby. I got something for you, baby. You don't have to be go running away, baby doll. Dudley is uh, from Philadelphia. What? <laughs> what if Dudley's more like, what if Dudley's like, hey, y'all. Name is Dudley. <laughs> I like some corn fritters with my hair. And I got, I got, some, I got some air and corn fritters for Vanessa, you, Vanessa. You're looking mighty fine in that new dry suit of yours. Well, the point is, she's got resources, and, and this is the thing that that level of training, like you were talking about earlier, prevents you from thinking through. Is because you really haven't focused on team management your your open water class like she has she's just a a beginner diver uh she's only been diving right remember she's only been certified for about three weeks and that and three weeks of certification hasn't really given her the time to focus on team awareness and team skills in the water because it was so focused on you have to learn these 26 skills to get certified we only have eight hours of pool time. So we got to get, we have to check all these boxes off. Here's your C card. Hopefully eventually you'll learn the stuff. Yeah. In a, in a detailed well, I manner, guess right? Also the comment I want to put in here or the thing to kind of keep in the forefront of your mind, the skills are not hard to learn. They're extremely simple. Knowing when to perform them and to have that be instinctual not having to think through that time. takes that takes a little time takes time and experience and yeah, you need no an instructor that has techniques and ability to be able to teach you that and make it at least somewhat extinct instinctive within that time frame of the class which is rare it's hard it is hard to make a, any of those skills instinctive when something goes wrong if you're on your knees saying can and i have your mask you know yeah blah, blah, exactly blah. That's what was going to be my point right there is especially when you change the variable, right? I'm not on the bottom of the pool anymore. I'm in mid open water trying to make an ascent and this is all happening, right? So trying to stop it 20 feet, 10 feet. No, like I'm, I'm on a rocket out of control ascent because I, I haven't been able to process this stuff, which is why this is why we teach classes. The first thing you learn is buoyancy control, balance body mechanic trim, how to hold yourself in that three-dimensional world. Once you get that, then it's, okay, let's look at some issues with this regulator. Let's look at taking your mask on and off, like learning this three-dimensional world because the three-dimensional world is what you're going to be in when you're out in reality. And if that variable has changed for you, well, now you have nothing to grasp onto in your subconscious. So it's going to fall to panic. So instead of having this uh, fail-safe button of, I can always blow and go, your mantra is, I am always in control of my buoyancy. Whether I yes. need to be negative, neutral, or positive, I'm in control of it. I'm completely and always in control of my buoyancy. So that's the mantra that's taught versus that fail-safe mantra, which is, I can always go to the surface. I always have air up there, and I can always go there. So do you see the two different approaches? Yeah. And it does, and we're not saying stay underwater and die. What we're saying is you have resources. And there they had 
you have three, and, and, you have three and it might be team. that you yeah, need to yeah on. yeah and, and it might be that you need to definitely get your ass moving to the surface but you have to do it controlled in a controlled manner or like literally what's not even really mentioned here is we're really running the risk of killing three people here not just one right dragging dragging three people up to the surface out of control that have it all now get to the surface with with issues on their own boat with no way to get back to shore it's a, I mean, right this this could Turn really into something yeah spiral into into a horrific could be really cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the surface at last Ed rolled me on my back before I could grab and deflate <laughs> the lift bag. <laughs> it's one thing out of his mind all the time. Where's Dudley while this is going on? Dudley's just over there that thinking. Son of a bitch. I'd have, I'd have hailed and caressed you, <laughs> Vanessa. Before I rolled he doesn't really back. love you. <laughs> I, make sure, I make sure you knew that you were being taken care of, baby doll. So she says, Ed rolled me on my back before I could grab and deflate the lift bag, holding up the anchor, and probably plunge back down with it and inflated my BCD. He got me calmed down and in the boat in a textbook rescue diver style. As my heart rate slowed, I had a moment to feel incredibly stupid about the whole affair. Now, is she talking about the affair with Dudley? or uh, <laughs> Which affair are we talking about here? How could I have let myself get out of control like that? I checked the elapsed time indicator on my computer. From first crisis to the surface, it had been about three minutes. The longest, most terrible three minutes of my life. The most stupid three minutes of my life. Stupid. I mean, she's not stupid. Well, you're right. Yeah, she's not stupid. She's just... Panic set in, man. She... Yeah, panic said it. She doesn't have the experience yet to deal with a problem like this. She wasn't this given is a, a foundation. This is unfortunate. She wasn't given a foundation. Yeah, right, right. This and this is a very, this is a very difficult way to have to learn this part Agreed. of diving. There's a much easier way that can be presented to a new developing diver how to get these traits. This is a rough one. Yeah, I, I think it's a pre pretty common method if people learn it at all. I mean, you got to have something go wrong and you have to make it through to learn like, hey, wow, so that's what it's like. That was never even closely resembling any of the training I had. Yeah, and there's different levels of that, right? I mean, somebody who's going through technical dry, um, somebody that's going through technical diver training, and somebody who's going through their open water training shouldn't be no. tested to the same level of intensity, but they should be tested in a way that's appropriate for their level of diving, so that they can build that confidence. That's an important part it of is. learning. That's the, that's the ticket. And so, I, I mean, ultimately, we keep looking at this thing, and I look at the dive industry, and I'm like, the dive industry is seems to be designed to create this, you know, from, oh, you got 100 dives? Come on into instructor school. In instructor school, you know, we'll make you an instructor. And Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're just 
getting comfortable with diving yourself, really. So now, now you got an instructor doing that who doesn't really have any experience to draw upon to convey to the students this this is what can happen in these environments, or this is this is how things can digress underwater, and what you have to do. I mean, to even give them that verbal experience, they don't have that, right? They don't even have that to draw upon. Versus actually having been through things like that or having received training on how to handle that and be able to pass that on to students. But but then again, you also have to have it written in the standards and procedures. Like this is how we conduct classes now, you know? Yeah, well, that's how yeah. we run them. We call them, we call them right. critical skills, right? So, it, and they're like, they're live action skills during the training, you know? And there's different, there's, different levels of them, right? One, two, three, four, five of, you know, somebody who's just doing their recreational one open water level is, is going to receive a different intensity than somebody doing their advanced training versus someone doing full cave training, right? But the point is appropriate to that level that you're giving them a card to tell them to go dive and get experience in. You want them to know that they are competent to handle likely scenarios without having to bail, freak out and bail to the surface, that they can stay and continue to be a thinking diver and work through the resources that they have and manage the resources they have. And more importantly, not lose control of the resources that they have, right? To the point where they, they put themselves in a situation where they don't have the gas to get, to get everybody home. We, we get them to the point where they're not even they're not making that decision or, or they're not making that mistake so that they always have the decision to fall back on of let's come home clean. Well, Dudley, by the way, would agree of with you. Of course he would. Dudley says, hey, he put it in perspective. He says to her, how long you been certified? I mean, he says, hey, baby, how long you been certified anyway? Three weeks. Vanessa said, well, well, it's not stupidity, he no. said. That's inexperience. Right. It's stupidity if you know better. Correct. And, and she wasn't being stupid. She was just in a dive beyond her ability. Instinct. She went to instinct. It's that fight or flight response triggers. And you got a 50-50 shot, right, uh, of whether it goes good or bad. And, and I would say that if if that is your fail safe in diving is a 50-50 you know fight or flight response boy the, let, let's step back and reexamine the training process and see if there's a philosophy that we can put in that better prepares you for long-term success and i certainly believe that there is that's why i changed to the way i do things years ago so Vanessa says, when they didn't call the Coast Guard for an airlift to a hyperbaric chamber, I realized we, were, we would all be okay. Then I began to think about what I learned from my brush with disaster. And she gives, a, <clears throat> and she gives us four distinct learning lessons about this cold water regulator confusion and inexperience dive that conspired to induce panic. I'm curious in her. if they would be the four things I would say. 
if I were. Okay, yeah, let, let's try that. I'm gonna you, you guess the four, and I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you how close you come to okay, the four. Okay, I'm gonna guess. see if I can come up with four first of all. Let's see. Well, let's see. I, you know, looking looking from the beginning of it, like where this started is they were beginning their ascent. She looked and saw she had a thousand psi. She has plenty of gas to make an ascent. Well, I would agree, right? So, and then she rocketed to the surface out of control with gas inflating in her BCD and dry suit. So, it couldn't have been too deep if they got to the surface and didn't have any problems and just went home on their happy way. So, it was probably, they were probably in 30 feet of water. If I were to you know, do I'm trying to think of ahead. the depth they could be at where a thousand PSI is like, well, we better go to our backup. We better go to a, to our, our secondary or alternate air source, whatever they were calling it, which I still don't understand. I don't understand that. So I guess lesson number one is know what you're doing and why you're doing it. I can't, again, I can't fathom why she's doing that. So that started it. Okay. Number, number two. two. So we had, we had an issue with the, with the skill of clearing a rig. Whether there was a, an actual equipment problem with the regulator that would not clear or it was completely a skill problem, regardless of that. I mean, she doesn't have that skill down to the point she has mastered it. Well, correct. And we talked about this already is she practiced it and mastered it on her knees on the bottom of the swimming pool. And now like re- in real life, there, there isn't a bottom of the swimming pool to kneel down on. So because that variable has changed, how you deal with it is going to change. And now the way you have to deal with it is it's like you might as well not even been taught the skill at all because you have no, no, no experience to draw back on on how to really do it. So, you, again, you have that 50-50 chance of do I fight through it or do I flight to the surface? Not good odds. Yeah, you actually have the other option of like, hey, I've got two other human beings here with scuba that can donate an alternate air source to me. If, you know, yeah, I, so I have resources, tons of resources. There's a lot of gas down there with me. So none of that was in her mind, it seems, at least, you know, assuming that she wrote this article and she was telling us what was going on in her mind. So she couldn't do the skill. It, it didn't go as smoothly and easily as it did in class. <laughs> so now I don't know what right, to do. Right. So again, reevaluate my training. And I would also go so far as to say, listen, if that skill, that super easy one, that very basic skill was not mastered, I would go as far as to say probably none of them were none mastered them. Yeah, to the right. point of that you could rely on it in an actual emergency situation. Well said. Yeah. So yeah. I would say reevaluate your training. Wait, wait, wait. Is is uh, is the skill of the reg clear and reevaluate training? Yes. One in the same. All right. So now, so now we're on three. All right. Give okay. me a third one. You got two more. To have that option of blow and go. That that's what you went to. That should key off a little signal or put up a flag in your brain. Like, I went to blow and go pretty goddamn quick. The blow and go that happened, I was worried about being bent. I was worrying about other gas expansion injuries, whatever. Okay, yeah. So yep. reevaluate how you're performing that if you're going to perform that. All right, cool. Yep, I got you. And, and number four? Break up with Dudley, maybe. Because Dudley, Dudley really didn't help a lot. Ed was one that got her on the boat. There's no point, there's no point of them having no, this affair. It's, it's, it was going nowhere. She's got a good, she's got a good marriage going with Ed. she loves Ed. Ed. 
you know, yeah, yeah. Leave like leave Dudley out of this. Dudley's, you know, he's a smooth talker, baby. He's a smooth talker. That's all he is. No, but uh, all right, all right, so so one more. Give me one more. My thing is, I kind of include this under training, but you might be seeing it as something different. Is she's in over her head at this level of at this point in her diving career? Uh, obviously, she's not comfortable, and one thing did go wrong, and it almost screwed the pooch there. So. My thing is reevaluate and go back to taking baby steps. Maybe go back to a more controlled environment to train yourself, to get experience. Yeah. Because, um, she went through training too fast, which is typical, right? Cause you got to get everything done so you can get the card again, once again, because the focus is always on getting the card, not on getting comfortable right. in the water. Right. Yeah. You, you're looking you don't, Hey, you don't even enjoy the class. I think when you're looking at that, that's the whole, you know, get your eye off the fricking carrot dangling at the end of the stick and just enjoy going, going through the course because they keep trying to tell you how much fun it is, but then they're like, hurry, hurry, hurry. Cause there's your card. Enjoy the course. Right. Yeah. It's about the journey, that's not the always, destination. That's the whole of life. That's all of life. What's the destination in life? Let me tell you what it is. Six feet under or burnt up and hanging in, in, in a vase on a, on a freaking hearth. You're, that's the destination. You're supposed to be enjoying the whole part in between the, the time you got here to the time you're leaving. So, But you're focused on the destination. Yes, absolutely. So, hey, this yeah. is pretty awesome. So – I'm going to summarize okay. your four. I want to see what I, I just got it. from you. Right? So essentially, like, like you said, number one, you have to know what you're doing. The what and the why of right. why you're doing stuff. Oh, did they say that? Said first. Yeah, that's no, what I said. this is what you yeah, said. Because she went to that. I don't know why she was going there. So if I don't know, I don't know. Number, she knows. Two, you, number two, you said you got to know the red clearing skill. You, right, so reevaluate right. your training. Like this is one skill that you didn't have. How right. many other ones yes. did you not have? Number three, you said you, you went to the blow and go way too quick. Right, as that being the end yes. all. Didn't escape use your route, resources at all. Right, did not even contemplate them. Didn't use resources at all. And if we skip over the you should leave Dudley one, <laughs> uh, we'll make your fourth one, which was actually your fifth. Is she was in over yeah. her head. Right, uh, uh, going too fast and not being able to, like, think in the situation that was different from where she trained, right? And if I summarize real quick before we go through these, she gives us number one being you need to take stuff more seriously, hmm. which I would put right with your number one of know why you're doing yeah. something. So I think you you yeah. hit this pretty damn close. Number two, she says, knowing how to find, clear, and use an alternate air source is critical, <laughs> yeah. right? which was right on your number two. Uh, number three, which kind of goes in line with your number four, which there's always time to stop and think yeah. before acting, right? And you said, like, she's yes. o in over yeah. her head, right? And if I go to her number four, which was kind of your number three, the surface is not yeah. an escape. Yeah, the three and four kind of go hand in hand. So yeah. you you like you like almost you almost hit these spot on. So if we look at her number one, she says everybody in open water classes, instructors and students, needs to take this stuff 
needs to take this stuff seriously. Diving is fun, but the skills are practiced for a good reason. And if you can't perform them under less than ideal conditions, you stand an excellent chance of getting seriously hurt. Agreed. Couldn't have said that. And you said, you know, no, yeah, well, you said know what you do and why you do it. For sure. Exactly. Again, I look back at the story and go, why are you going to another air source? You know, not that that's to, not that, you know, that negates like being, being able to clear a rag, right? You should still be able to do that. Right, but, right, yeah. right. Which is, again, which is number two, right? The most important skill is probably the one that gets the least attention. Knowing how to find, clear, and use an alternate air source is something that should be practiced at least 100 times in the pool and in open water <laughs> drills. Yeah, huh. A flooded mass won't cause half the grief a flooded regulator will. I'd argue and this. I, I, yeah. I would disagree mm-hmm. with that slightly. I, I could argue that, but I think the, the answer relies in how about we practice exactly. both of those a exactly. hundred yes. times in the, rather than just knocking it out twice and, and checking off that box. That right. We got well, that she's right that, that a flooded mask won't cause the grief if – you got to put this caveat – if you're comfortable without a mask. And that's where we have a problem. There you yeah, go. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. That's the, that's yeah, the ringer right If there. you can teach the divers, listen, you don't need a mask to breathe. And then they, it's second nature to them. Like, I've got, a, I've got gas in my mouth. I've got gas coming in. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'll make it. I got a buddy. I don't have my mask. Whatever. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Keep my breathing pattern exactly. consistent because my breathing it's pattern buoyancy. is my buoyancy Bam. control. Yeah. So if I've got my breathing under control, I'm not plummeting. I'm not mm. shooting to the surface, right? And then I can rely on my team to help get me to do the fine-tuning right. stuff. But I take care of that big picture. Yeah. Number three, she says, there is always time to stop and think before acting. If I had taken 10 seconds to mentally review my regulator exchange skills, we might have been able to continue a really good dive, right? And, and you said for your last one that she was in over her head yeah. on this. But I think that goes pretty close yeah. in line with what she's saying. And the last one that she says is the surface is not an escape, which you said blow and go was way too quick, which I spot on. This is Ed and Dudley's cardinal rule for diving off the Oregon coast. The dives are great, but the surface is usually choppy, and once there, you still need an air supply to get back to the boat. The best place to deal with an emergency is underwater, where you aren't being beaten to death by rough seas and have time to deal with the crisis effectively. But right, this is what, what we've been saying, and, and she's saying this, again, published in the, the biggest diving magazine out there in 1995, right? The surface is not the answer. It, it, it's far better to deal with the problem underwater where you have calmness and clarity in all of your resources if if you're doing things properly on the dive. I mean, if you're breaking all the rules anyways, well, I mean, you're setting yourself up for another myriad of problems. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I think back on some of the problems I've encountered underwater, and I, I'm very thankful for the training. I've received over the years because I look at it and go, well, that could have ended bad that, you know, I had a scootering once and uh, dry suit, twins, scooter. Uh, So the, for those that don't know, the crotch strap is where you hook 
where you hook your uh, scooter toe line on. So it's pulling on that crotch strap all the time. And I like to do turns and whatnot and barrel rolls. Sometimes that, that crotch strap can get up underneath your buckle, hook it, and open it. So you're scootering, and I, I, I'm like, it doesn't feel right. Well, to open my buckle. And so my my yeah now had I not been really you know very good with my buoyancy to the point like my tanks were neutrally buoyant my dry suit and me were neutrally buoyant so I wasn't flying all over the place but I knew I had to stop and I'm like I feel down there everything's open and my it's just my uh, DPV is just hooked onto that D ring so. Right there, you're thinking, okay, we're good. Stay cool. Don't let this thing get out of control. Don't let the don't let the tanks go flying up. Don't you lose control of your buoyancy? You, you know, don't right. And if you're and if you're yeah. scootering along, yeah, if you're scootering along a wall where you're in, you know, ninety, hundred feet of water, and the wall continues down another. 50 feet or more, right? It's, it's, it's no place where you can just stop and kneel and, and, and put oh, yeah. your gear back on. And yeah, thankfully, you know, I had a buddy come up and I unhooked the DBV and gave it to him, locked off the trigger. So this is, you, you just have to, again, I look back on it like, oh, you could have, I could have dropped the thing scooter without locking the trigger, right? grabbed grab my harness and try to wrestle with it you know flipping around in the water lock that trigger on now i don't know if you've ever seen i have cuz well, yeah yeah train wreck yeah, i've a- seen it i've seen where the the it's part of the training too is you you learn how to deal with the your your toe line accidentally catching that trigger and towing it like it's out of control like you can't even reach it to, to get a hold of it and it just tow it, throwing you around. So you, you think back on all this stuff that could have happened had you just said, ah, I don't know, you know, done the instinctive start doing, you right. know, grab something. So you stop, think, and then, you know, fix the problem with a thoughtful process. Yeah, but you, number, first and foremost, you have to be in control if you expect your brain to be exactly. in control. Exactly. And that's, you know, I look back at it, I was like, okay, that, that went, you know, I, I'm like, okay, you dumbass, you know, whether, <laughs> but this stuff happens. I get it. Uh, yeah. It's real life. Yeah. And I think it could have turned out, you know, I'm like thinking back in my career when I could have done that and went like, oh, motherfuck, and just, you know, ah, drop the scooter and grab my, my harness and try to put it on or not have that degree of buoyancy control. So basically I was a foot off the bottom, put it all back together, grabbed the DVV, locked and loaded, and we took off again. It took all of, I don't know, it took all of about 45 seconds, maybe a little, little bit longer trying to get the, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to hook put your harness back on in a horizontal position and not seeing anything and trying to feel with dry gloves on. So that took, a, you know, an extra 20 seconds or something. What normal would have been just boom, bam, bim. Anyway, the long story short was if you kind of equate these, those two scenarios, they each could have ended up in the exact same blow and go, I'm out of here, loss of equipment, right. you know, everything. Yeah. Uh, but – 
control the buoyancy was key. Exactly. Now, like in the middle of having that issue, as you're fumbling around for the scooter, you like bump the the edge of your mask and your mask floods and and, and you start snorting up water and start coughing. Right. You 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 move it to that, which is not a a complete impossibility of of things that, that occur. But again, if you if you haven't trained in a setting of reality, which is you need to be able to hold neutral buoyancy. You need to be able to hold position when problems right. arise, right? Because if that did happen and it was so novel and foreign of an experience mm-hmm. to be in midwater with a, with a flooded mass choking, right. it easily could turn into exactly. blow and go. Yeah, yeah, because the... Which is definitely not the answer in, oh, in that no. situation. It would not have been pretty. You know, I think... Uh, Bringing up those scooters, because I have seen the, the scooter, you know, like a tuck, people will throw their scooter out in front of them and forget to lock the trigger. And that cord, it's like a magnet to that trigger. And it once it hits it, the scooter now puts tension on the line and keeps the trigger pulled. And it starts going in a circle because it's pulling on you and it pulls one end of the line. So you start going in this circle. And I had a buddy in a cave who did that for you know, absentmindedly forgot to lock his trigger. We got to the, uh, you know, we were picking up our, our O2 bottles. So he takes a scooter, puts it off to the side, goes to grab his O2 bottle, it hits the trigger. Well, the thing comes around and grabs the rag out of his mouth and just yanks it. So free-flowing rag's going, scooter's going around in a circle. Scooter out of control. And he's wow. in a cave, right? It's not like he can go to the surface. He's in a cave. And, you know, went over there, grabbed the scooter. I stuck my hand in the prop and stopped the scooter. It was, you know, it was a no-brainer. And he went right to his uh, his necklace. And he was calm and cool about it. He was like, no big deal. But, again, he had been trained. And just goes to show you, you can make a silly mistake. That's a s- well, I'm sure he, I'm sure he wasn't uh, at the moment. I'm sure he wasn't thinking well, no big deal. Well, what's going on? I'm I sure think, he, uh, I know, I know <laughs> who you're talking about. And I, I, mean, I know he played it off when he got on the line. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to spice things up for everybody. See if everybody pay attention. <laughs> yeah. I just think back, it's very easy. I mean, even in, in these guys I'm you know, diving with are very good divers. It's just an absent-minded, silly mistake, right? Hey, sh- yes. shit happens. And if if you're if you're too cocky to think that shit is never going to happen to you, that's a dangerous that's place to exactly be. Exactly what I talk. You know, it's like why do I carry a spare mask on pretty much every single dive? Because I'm not the guy who says that won't happen to me. That I've had masks implode. Yeah, not that you can't make it back, but I'm like, why? When I can just put it in my pocket. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why would I want to have yeah. to add that stress? To why that I carry situation? a spare yeah. snorkel with me so, in every dive. <laughs> Vanessa finishes out by talking about Dudley, her spare snorkel. She says, I was lucky. (laughs) I was lucky because I was with a rescue diver and a dive master. (laughs) Two experienced individuals who had the skills to get me out of trouble. Ignorance is bliss. I was in relatively controlled, non-threatening conditions. I made mistakes I could walk away from and learn Very from. Very good. So lucky for uh, Vanessa there. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she would have been in that circumstance had 
was it not for those two? <laughs> you know, saying, come on, Vanessa, let's go out to, you know. Well, it was, uh, well, that was another great dive. Yeah, let's say that. That was a great dive. And that's a, a good learning experience diving. That, I mean, that's something that, I mean, variations of that 25 years later, I mean, I still hear stories of coming mm-hmm. into the dive shop. Of, of, of stuff similar happening. It always, it, it's always to me, it, it's, it's always like a basic thing, like the mask filling up with water or the dang rag gets pulled out or, you know, something like this. It, it's never like I had catastrophic the, loss of gas on my back, which never, never right. happens. Yes. UFOs exactly. <laughs> came down underwater and, uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing crazy like that. It's something very simple, very basic, but because it catches you off guard, right? right and, and you didn't learn it from the position you learned it from. Just like we were cracking jokes, you know, last week about the, you know, uh, the black belt getting his ass kicked because mm-hmm. the guy didn't start with a yes. right jab. You know, it's, well, it's because you're relying so much on this ready right. position in order to perform rehearsal. a skill. But life doesn't yeah. have ready. Yeah, life doesn't have yeah, ready positions. rehearsal things. And I wonder right. if, if the, the members, the high, I shouldn't say high ranking, but the very skilled martial artists that are in it for the true uh, beauty and the real martial art of it, if they don't look at the training of martial artists and go, we're doing it wrong. You know, if they like the same well, thing that I, I talk about, like, listen, you can't train spontaneity. You can't put them on their knees and please hand me your mask. When the reality is, when it happens, it's not going to be, you know, put on your knees and give me your mask. The reality is, it is going to be a right hook when you were expecting a, you know, a roundhouse kick or whatever. Yeah, well, exactly. So that the problem is, you know, having that like strict. This is this is the position you're in when you start any skill is the wrong thing to be, you know. You know, we we used to train there are no ready stances, there are no ready positions, right? Because otherwise, like what are you gonna do if you're like sitting in a cafe and the place gets, you know, bombarded and you're in a chair behind a table? Well well, in a chair behind a table with a cup of coffee in your hand, you know, that's your ready position. Not standing with your fists up, you know, re- ready to fire a kit. You've, you've got to be trained in a way that your body is always in a position. Your body and your brain can adapt to the situation. I would situation. think that that's the most important thing. You can't always be like have your body in one fixed position, but you can't always have your mind flexible and ready and, and prepared kind of Yeah, thing. there you so, go. Especially for exactly, scuba diving. Exactly. Know that it can happen. And and yeah. that's where I, I know I I appreciate well, my Well, awesome. My that, now, that part yeah. right there. Yeah, now that part right there, that's what made this a great yeah, dive, baby. in my opinion. Okay. That was good. That was cool. good. Hey, well, let's uh, let's sign some log books. You ready to log this down? Yeah, baby. Let's log. Log away. You first. You sign mine first. Okay. Um, thanks for being there, Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always think of you when I blow and go. I bet you will. <laughs> Love, <laughs> Vanessa. Nice, Vanessa. Thanks. Stay safe. We're all in this together. And remember, this these are un- unprecedented times. So, yeah, so Vanessa should have stayed stay at home for her stay-at-home yes. order. Nice mask. <laughs> nice face mask. Okay, everybody. Well, hey, thank you so much. Safe diving. And uh, we will see you next week.
Bro, bro, bro.